Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, blathering away as usual, hosting uh, with uh, Sue Timberlake and John Roberts. You're going to say the other one? You're going to say the other half of the phrase? Uh, other half of the phrase? Blathering blatherskite. Oh. He can turn into Gizmoduck. <laughs> I don't know what Gizmoduck is. <laughs> oh my God, Mike. Just... Oh my God. <laughs> hey man, I'm 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 middle aged, man. I'm 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 just old. I'm not cool anymore, you know. God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is Gizmo Duck like you... Disco Duck? Because I remember Disco Duck. No, it's from DuckTales. Yeah, DuckTales is after my time, man. The 2017 one definitely is, but everybody listening, listen, okay. If you liked DuckTales or you just like Disney, then uh, watch uh, the 2017 DuckTales. It's amazing. And I watch a ton of cartoons. Anyway, hi, Mike. Hi, hi Sue. <laughs> this shouldn't be the cartoon show, even though uh, I'll make it that. Hi, Uncle well, Scrooge. Expands our audience. Expands <laughs> our audience. Yeah. And some, I, I, some, pe- yeah. Some, some people say Republicans are caricatures of cartoons of real people. So there you go. I, I I wish I was a car- caricature of a real person. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, I don't think Republicans are caricatures of real people. I think they're just bad people. Right. Oh, yeah. there you go. There you All go. of them across the board without exception. Yeah, without <laughs> exception. Right. <laughs> oh, here we go. And nah. I thought this was going to be a nice, a nice uh, show. Here we are. Nope. Live on Thanksgiving week of all time. Yeah, happy Indeed. Thanksgiving to everybody that is... <laughs> Uh, that that lives in the U.S. and yeah. outside of the U.S. because we're Americans, so clearly we're our holidays or your holidays, no matter what. Um, so happy Thanksgiving to everybody! Happy and Thanksgiving, to all the indigenous or, people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One of my friends called at, it Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. No, Thanksgiving takes. Oh, takes yes, because that's what they did. Yeah, to the American Indians. Yeah, they Times. actually have a ceremony of um, sadness for you know Plymouth Rock. They do they do that every year. I forget which tribe it is. It's not which them, is uh, which is totally legit. But yeah. um, Thanksgiving, like like culturally, Thanksgiving became a big holiday uh, in the middle of the 19th century, um, especially after the Civil War, and. A big part of it was sort of like 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 the Thanksgiving people proposing Thanksgiving as a as a holiday that should be celebrated across the country were tended to be from New England, and that was bitterly resisted by Southerners who basically saw Thanksgiving as an attempt to impose you know weird New England values and a, a, like a, a like a foot in the door for the cause of abolitionism. So um, uh, and incidentally. Pumpkin pie became a thing for Thanksgiving because pumpkins are something that people grow on their simple, you know, low personal family farms, and it's not the product of plantation labor. 
So oh, neat. Yeah. So that's why pumpkin pies became a bit of a thing. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, 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 and of course, like uh, and the, I love pumpkin pie. And the first uh, uh, thanks national Thanksgiving holiday was uh, in 1863 after the victory at Gettysburg, declared by Abraham Lincoln. I so, was going to say. So so let's. Uh, I mean, people should do what they want, but uh, you know, I celebrate victory at Gettysburg every uh, every year now uh, at this time do you know because. What else? Because let, let's face it, whatever else you want to say about American history and our, our our terrible conduct about so many things, I think we can all agree that a victory of a war of an army fighting to end slavery over an army fighting to preserve it, like that's good. Like like slavery, pro-slavery forces losing militarily is always good. So, do you know what else happened in eighteen sixty three? Uh, many things, but, uh, Something we were talking about before we went on the air, um, the citizens arrest laws came into being in 1863, really? according to the C-SPAN thing I was listening to this morning. Oh, interesting. Yeah, what a segue. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, you're not supposed to point out segues, but man, I got to applaud that. That was, <laughs> I, I absolutely have to applaud that. That's that really smooth good. Smooth as silk. Anyway. Yeah. Um, if folks uh, want to, guys got, got um, yes, found guilty, which is three out of four. That's something. Yeah, it's um. Well, this is a cut and yes. dry thing, uh, which I was really, I was really happy about. Um, I woke up and I saw the news. And I was just like, yes, yes, and I was pumping my hands in the air. Um, but uh, yeah, um, guilty. that that was clearly guilty, guilty, like, guilty. Yeah, they just, yes chased the dude down and murdered him yes um, so and, uh travis Jesus mcmichael Christ. his father greg mcmichael and their neighbor william bryan were found guilty of murder all three of them and some other included offenses uh in the murder of ahmed Aubrey in uh, that's right georgia yeah, Bri- last Brian year got six the other guys got eight and seven i think uh, yeah but they've, they've all found guilty of at least one count of of murder um, yeah, life imprisonment so, is possibly on in the their table. Future. Well, it's Georgia. I think technically the death penalty is on the table. No, I hope but not. yeah, yeah, me too. I, I, they didn't I, mention that, but I might have missed it. So, but yeah, what a what a good turnout. But you know, if there hadn't been a film, uh, those guys would never have been charged. Oh God, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, Mm-mm. yeah, because the first prosecutor to overlook to to weigh in on the case overlook. was like, well, well. Basically said, oh, you know, like clearly they were executed, you know, they were, you know, behaving totally reasonably and had concerns for their safety and everything was fine, you know, like like mm. they totally had a legitimate reason for going after them. And it's like, no, they they didn't. <laughs> and you're just sort of taking their they're saying like, yeah, we chased after him. And uh, yeah, and it's like, oh, OK. Uh, the Sort of the presumption that like uh, if these guys did it, then it must be OK is basically how it was and that's just absurd yeah <sighs> so that was that was certainly a positive development yes um, oh and you know you know what the ag in uh, georgia did right after the arbory case came to light he that? uh he just dis- he dismantled the uh citizens arrest law in, in georgia they, they it's actually oh, nice. off the books that's yeah excellent. uh chris carr not he's you know 
he wasn't involved with those first folks that tried not to try this case and tried not to prosecute them. But And J- Jackie Johnson is the one that was indicted. She's the prosecutor that told him to go home and, you know, wash their wash up. And she told the police not to arrest him and all sorts of stuff. She's she's going to be in trouble. She is in trouble. She, she yeah. better be. And the yeah, second prosecutor. Does smack George, of obstruction of justice. Yeah. And George Barnhall, the second prosecutor, when she stepped down, she handpicked him. He also had a relationship with one of the McMichaels. So he's he's also in trouble. So, yeah, Jesus. it's uh, I, it's amazing. This case came through at all. It really it's is. Just, yeah. It really, thank really God. Is. We needed it. Yeah. We needed a. And the civil case in Charlottesville. Yeah, yeah. a couple of wins. Yes, this, the civil case in Oh, man. Yes. $26 million the, verdict. Uh, no, 31.8. Uh, I saw 31.8 million. Uh, you yeah. know, the, the well, Reuters, tens of millions of dollars. 26. Oh, well, then I'm, yes. I must have seen something that was, or maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe that's the top line, but uh, against. Some people and some there's some ancillary stuff because like there were several Maybe. people who were being sued for their their role in the Unite the Right rally organizing. So Both Keepers and Proud Boys both got nailed, right? I think yep. in that yep. one. Yeah, they proved they proved that they had organized it and armed people and done all sorts of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Good job, so, guys. But the Rick the Rico didn't um they said that Rico's didn't get that it's it's it didn't get um it's it's involved in the case, but it, there was something about it that didn't happen that is going to have to be tried again or something, some sort of RICO statute that I guess that's hard to enforce anyway. But they yeah. were saying and there's there's there was something else that didn't quite make it over the finish line. that's going to have to be redone. But the, the fines are it's a civil case, right? It's not a criminal yeah. case. I this think. was a this was civil. So. Yeah. And the uh, the burden of proof is is lower for civil cases, which is yes. Um, and so. I I I would not be surprised if we're going to see um, Kyle Rittenhouse face uh, uh, wrongful death lawsuits. Probably uh, two wrongful death lawsuits, and also a lawsuit for for criminal assault. And I, I got to say, um, I don't know to what extent it's a function of the laws of. Georgia and the laws of Wisconsin being different, um, you know, like like sometimes, you know, like states have different laws, and so sometimes that makes the difference. Or, uh, and I don't know to what extent is just that uh, uh, the district attorney in Georgia, Linda uh, Dunikowski, is just better at her job than uh, David Binger in uh, uh, the Rittenhouse trial, but um, uh, the the Rittenhouse. Uh, prosecutor made some serious mistakes in how he was prosecuting the case. Yeah. So I actually, uh, um, there's a, there's a YouTube channel called legal Eagle. Yeah. I I like that channel. I've seen that guy. Yeah. I haven't seen, I I didn't see his, he's done a piece about this. Good. Cause I haven't seen it. He did have a video about this and the way that he was explaining it was really, um, it was really interesting because the facts surrounding the, the Aubrey case and the facts surrounding the um, the Rittenhouse case. case are um, like the situations are way way different. Um, the Rittenhouse hmm. case was very much like there's a lot of stuff that could be um, that could be interpreted in in multiple ways, 
the the one in Georgia that was just some guys like straight up. They killed, saw him jogging through the na- the neighborhood and just chased yeah. after him. Yeah, yeah, there were like yeah. in the Rittenhouse um the Rittenhouse case there were people around other people around with guns. Uh, there was the there's like the Wisconsin laws um concerning self defense or right to or right to retreat or or like all this stuff duty retreat it was, yeah mm-hmm. yeah it was it's all muddled and um it's a it was a very it Open was a very carry. unique. Yep. Uh, situation um the way that legal eagle was explaining it um it was like the way that the jury uh went through it it i could conceivably see how they would do that um the i think the i think the major thing is that uh like when i think about kyle rittenhouse then i think about his actions leading up to that but his actions like driving across state lines with a gun that he shouldn't have going to a protest and protecting like a car lot and everything like it's like that leading up to it if he didn't do that then nobody would have died but you can't take that into consideration it's just the situation that was at hand which is part of what's just crazy about it because i would actually contrast uh, uh compare kyle rittenhouse to um Whatever the heck, you know the the jerk who murdered Trayvon Martin, whatever that guy's name was. Oh um, yeah, yeah, some jerk, whatever that guy in Florida. Because uh, again, it was like, uh, you know, there are people doing things, and you decide that you are going to go there and and make trouble. Now, uh, admittedly, publicly protesting in the streets is not the same as just minding your own business, walking down the street with Skittles and iced tea. But nevertheless, yeah. uh, it is absolutely a case of Rittenhouse was uh, was provoking things, and there's you know there's footage of him pointing a gun at people well before uh, any altercations actually took place, and pointing a gun is absolutely you know that's provocative behavior, and I would, shooting somebody is provocative behavior. So like, I, I just I the logic. Really, I would really ahead. suggest um, everybody watching. I'll I'll link the Legal Eagle video. It is twenty five minutes, so if you don't want, to, but the way that he goes through, I, the I was situation, waiting for his take. I didn't know he'd released it. Otherwise, yeah, um, the way that he already. goes through the situation and the way that he explains, like how, uh, how in in that situation, how the law in Wisconsin would interact with that with what happened, um, it 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 makes it really a lot like th- this is why i was saying that i blame him for uh basically what he, he said uh basically kyle rittenhouse brought a match to a gasoline party yeah but the thing is that when trying the case they had to focus not just on they couldn't focus on what he did before it was what happened in the in the confrontation in the in the in the place where he was saying he was defending himself and in the in the case of trayvon martin trayvon martin didn't have a gun well trayvon martin didn't get to testify yeah and i'm saying like when you when it was was, no video i know but i'm saying that the the there's major differences between trayvon martin and and, uh, well well, that's true one of the people who was shot who who that rittenhouse shot did have a gun yeah, two of them didn't. I I understand, but there was a gun in the situation, yeah. which changes the the equation drastically. 
Um, there was oh. a guy that, and and plus there were shots fired that weren't a part of that situation. Like he, there were shots fired. Everybody thought like someone fired a gun. So it was a mess. It was chaotic. It was yeah. completely a mess. And um, and this is me talking. <laughs> like yeah. uh, the like me saying like it was a very nuanced situation um it that i think that is weird um but yeah it's it the the situation is very unique and very and and trying there aren't a lot of parallels with a lot of the other high high profile you know murders that have been happening me personally i think i like i don't know how i would have acted on the jury honestly depending on how the case was presented and everything and there were like messed up things happening throughout the the trial so there might yes. be like people it's like someone might appeal or something like that um but in terms of him claiming self-defense there is a case for that sure but also there isn't and in that weird gray area that's where the jury found itself yeah um so I, if I, it was I, a black guy uh, if Kyle Rittenhouse was a black guy and he wasn't shot like immediately, then he probably would have been found yeah. guilty. I think that's yeah. the thing that we can that can we can really hang our hats on. I I gotta say, uh, ha like obviously I wasn't in the courtroom, I wasn't uh, one of the jurors, but having w watched uh, Rittenhouse's testimony, you know, because that was something you can you can see. Mm -hmm. uh, and just watching him, like, you know, the 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 way he was like, you know, making crying noises, like this is I'm really, you know, emotionally distraught, and his eyes were dry, like nobody actually cries like that. Yeah, nobody actually suffers emotional distress like that. You just don't. Like, so this is an act. So you're just you're you're just trying to, to you're you know you're trying to 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 put one over on us. And I mean, just I I I gotta say, I am stunned that the people on the jury didn't sort of, that no that no one on the jury was like, okay, screw this kid. No, I mean he's a liar. <laughs> yeah, this is his fault. I don't trust him. You know, I I I the, the like he shot three people. He's you know he 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 needs to face some legal consequences for this. But you know. Uh, I, I, I wasn't there. I, I'm I'm loath to completely second, you know, really, to second guess a like jury. I said, it really depends on like the jury instructions, how the how the case was presented, and everything like that. And there's a uh, Sue. You were saying so you were trying to break, yeah. and I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, um, two things. One is that I hated the judge in the Rittenhouse case. He was horrible, and he let Rittenhouse pick his own jury. He picked out of the hat. That's unheard of. The clerk usually does that. I thought that was outrageous. But um, that, that's apparently something that judge does has been doing for since the 1980s. Uh, yeah, that's, and well, that's just I, in Wisconsin law, I guess. Well, it's a thing no, the judge no, has the option to do. Only yeah. only he does it. And yeah. and I don't think that the defendant should get to pick the jury. Well, they it was a, a, a random blind draw. It's like, put which names do you pull out of the hat? Well, did so, you see him do it? He actually reached nope. into a clear a clear jar, and he was looking in the jar. Oh so, no, I didn't see that. He, oh yeah, yeah. That, if you no, see they that, had a cage yeah, thing no. that they 
Whatever. No, around, that plastic thing. No, they handed it. They he he breached his hand in, but he was looking in while he was doing it. Mm, so yeah, that's that's that no is, good. Well, that aside, I want to point out a similarity of the two cases in that, you know, we we fight about the law and whether the laws are different in different states, which they, you know, there's always nuances in case law that have changed yeah. the way it's it's viewed. But the similarities in the two cases is what about the police? I mean, in both cases. I think the police really fell down on the job. You know, in the Rittenhouse case, where were they? All these guys with guns and looters. And, you know, why Why does a guy like Kyle Rittenhouse think he has to go there to protect property? You know, that's what the police are for in the National Guard, if you call them out. And the same was true in the, um, the uh, McMichaels case. You know, the police were actually... They they help cause the problem, and I'm going to say with J- January 6th, there was some problem with the police that were involved. In fact, I think some of the police that committed suicide were probably involved, the Capitol Police. Hmm. So you know, I I know that there's this um, sort of discussion about defunding the police, but I I think there's something really broken in our police departments, and I think these cases really point to that. You know, it 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 oh points God. to the the problems in the police department that need to be fixed. Whatever you believe, you know, maybe we can all agree that these three cases show really um, the problems with some of the the police. It's a Thanksgiving miracle, yeah. Sousa leftists. <laughs> My God, <laughs> I believe in law and order, and there wasn't any in in Wisconsin. There wasn't any law and order miracle. in that. Town in no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, to talk <laughs> about Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. I mean, one well, thing I do to want talk to say about, that, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, that Sue that Sue said, yes, the police are there to protect property. Yes, uh, they yeah. are there to enforce the law and make sure that laws are not broken. Yes, protecting people. Nah. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, that's not really part of their charter. <laughs> That's incidental. Oh. But so yes, uh, you're well, right. I agree. And and that's really when um didn't um Mike, you were saying something about Stephen Colbert and his take on the um I thought uh, it was elegantly the, simple. He said, Look, if what Mr. Rittenhouse did was was not against the law, then we must change the law. Yeah. Yep. And I, I and I agree. Um I as I said, I Yeah, sorry. I can Sorry, go ahead. I, w- I was just going to say we need to be careful about that because that would be affecting self-defense laws. Yeah, uh, like that. That's that's one of the things. Actually, uh, 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 a guy on on Twitter um, I follow is handle is Pope Hat. He's a he's a lawyer mm-hmm. and he comments yep. on like lots of my and uh, he said that um, people people can like complain or worry about the carceral state in this country. And, but they don't think about that when they're crying out for someone to, to get long jail sentences. I, I agree. And that's a major problem. And I'm not, you know, like I'm, I'm not necessarily like, I don't know what the appropriate, uh, uh, you know, jail sentence or whatever for, for Kyle Rittenhouse would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like that is, that is a fraught issue, but I do think that you know traveling uh uh 
you know, that 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 acting as Mr. Rittenhouse was while in illegal possession of a firearm, you know, it's it's like, you know, if 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 he if he driven there and he'd been in a car crash and he'd hit people, mm-hmm. um, you know, even if it had been like truly accidental, like I didn't mean to. And then I, you know, like, uh, you know, I swerved out of control and I hit somebody at this protest and it really sucks. And I'm genuinely sorry. You know, it wasn't like, oh yeah, I, you know, protesters got in my way and oops, I ran them over. Clumsy me. You know, if, if it was a genuine thing, but it's like, oh yeah, did you have a license to drive? Oh no, you didn't. Did you own the car? No, you didn't. You, you know, you, you weren't authorized to be operating that vehicle and yet you did it anyways. And now we had these terrible consequences. Well, he's not authorized to have that gun. And yet he did. And so, you know, he's inserting himself into this dangerous situation as a minor uh, out after curfew with a gun he's not supposed to have. And I'm like, okay, but there's a reason why we have these restrictions on things like who can own what guns and can kids drive after certain hours and, you know, can kids be out on the streets at night or whatever, you know, like, like, you know, we have these restrictions in part for public safety. And one can argue about how much sense they make, but we do have them. I think there's a logic for them. And just as, uh, just as uh, uh, having a couple of beers and getting behind the wheel, uh, one doesn't get to say, well, I, you know, I was drunk, Your Honor. So, of course, I'm not responsible for, you know, what I did while I was behind the wheel. It's like, true, but you chose to drink and then you chose to drive. So you are responsible for what happens after that. You know, he chose to break the law. He chose to travel across state lines to 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 instigate trouble. And he did, and it's just allowed. Well, he should get in trouble for those things. That's the thing. The, I agree. The, the, I, the, I, the I, self-defense versus not self-defense, it has nothing to do with if he crossed state lines with a gun or anything. It's if he feared for his life at the time, and if he was in a situation where deadly force was was warranted, and that was what the jury was deciding. Like, I think yeah. that if they're it, like if he broke laws for um, carrying the gun across state lines, not and he's a minor, not supposed to have the gun and everything. And there are there are statutes that affect like that affect those situations Then yes, he should definitely get charged with those things because that's what led to what happened. You know, like I agree. I just want to it's when when I'm thinking about uh, this sort of thing where uh there's like a white dude that kills people and doesn't get and gets like arrested and he's fine. And then he goes and he cries on the sand and everything. I hate that. I do. And I don't hate, like actually hate a lot of things, but I hate that. But I have to keep in mind that uh, the law isn't situational. Like in, in, in so far as if the, if this person was a, a black person instead of a white person and in the same situation would i be crying out so so hard for for a jail sentence or something like that how would the how would changing the law to make sure that a kyle rittenhouse situation doesn't happen affect someone else that isn't at all a part of the situation because that happens all the time like laws get stricter like a three strike law or mm-hmm. like the um the the 
the laws in the the laws in the nineties. I forget what it's called. Um, yeah, three strikes and you're out. But yeah, the, the, um, that, the Anti-Terrorism and Effective Death Penalty Act of 1996. That was terrible, and it screwed yep. over so many people. Uh, and, and the people that they were going after, like specifically, they got caught up into it too. But the law, like when you write a law, it is a it isn't like you're going it fishing is a, with a line. It's a net. It's trawling the it's trawling the the bottom of the ocean and so yeah. many things are going to get caught up in it so you have to make sure that you that you direct it and you write it in a very specific and deliberate way so rewriting laws like after something like this is very dangerous well that's certainly food for thought we are sort of at our halfway point so let's let's take a pause, think about this for a moment. Maybe we'll come back to that. Maybe maybe we'll think about that and maybe come back on something else. But we're going to take some uh, take a moment, play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs here on uh, Civil Politics on Valley Free Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. to evidence-based radio, science and skepticism from a feminist and socialist perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. Wake up, Mike. And we're back with civil politics. I'm awake. What? (laughs) (laughs) 
I, 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 I might have had a brief, you know, Thanksgiving uh, 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 gorging induced coma. I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so welcome back to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. This is WXOJLP 103.3 FM on your uh, listening dial out of Northampton, Massachusetts. And uh, we're uh, back doing the civil politics. Um, we do love to hear from our listeners, by the way. I forgot to mention this at the top of the show. But uh, drop us a line uh, to contact at uh, civilpoliticsradio.com and send us an email there or uh, at civilpoliticsfm on the Twitter or facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. Either way, you know, love to hear from you. Get us in, get in touch with us. Tell us what you'd like us to talk about. Tell us what you wish we'd shut up about, you know. <laughs> you won't get any emails about that. What are you talking about? Well, we want anything ab about emails about me shutting up. But you guys, I mean, you know, they'll be like, <laughs> you know, the more you talk, the less we can hear Mike's beautiful voice. What? Why? Man, you know, that's a good point. Yeah. Very logical. Yeah. Yeah, me am logical. Me am smart. <laughs> <laughs> me am bizarro number one. So, um, yeah. So, uh, uh, I don't know. A thing that I've been thinking about, and uh, hopefully this will be a productive conversation for, you know, as we slip into our, uh, uh, you know, Thanksgiving comas here, is um, – uh, President Biden's approval ratings are just atrocious. People are just really, really dissatisfied with his presidency. And uh, I, I kind of know how they feel, but at the same time, I just think it's kind of interesting how uh, quickly we've gone from uh, just appreciating the simple like, oh, hey, guess what? The president isn't like sparking an international incident with Twitter or isn't tweeting horrible racist things or hasn't announced something that's going to endanger people, uh, uh, you know, in the military or whatever, uh, because of his, his stupid and ignorant and prejudiced views. Uh, so that's all good. Um, and at the same time, you know, yeah, like, uh, uh, in part because of a, of a court order that's 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 tying their hands, but the Biden administration hasn't really fixed things, hasn't really made a big change in our immigration policy and and how the Customs and Border Patrol is behaving down at the border, and that's yeah, you know, like like kids in cages was 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 outrageous then, and the the I mean, admittedly, the Biden administration isn't wholesale separating kids from families and whatnot in the same way, but it's it's not like it's not like we're treating you know desperate refugees well, you know. It's not like we're saying, oh my God, we must help these people. Uh, yeah, that's 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 clearly not what's happening. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, like so I don't know. But is that I don't know if that's why most people. Who are upset with the Biden administration are upset with the Biden administration. I mean, some I know some lefties are I, like that's definitely part of it, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much of it is just like, oh yeah, well, COVID's still happening, and uh, you know, uh, everything isn't fixed now or whatever. I don't know. What What do you guys think? I, as usual, I heard a really good uh, discussion of this. Um, and the way it was portrayed, this may have been on MSNBC. 
So forgive uh-huh. me for watching that. But um, but they were basically saying that that Biden's challenges. He's going to watch that crazy to- Republican nonsense. At, oh wait, no, you said MSNBC, and MSNBC <laughs> is always good and lovely on MSNBC. So clearly, I was wrong to oh, have yeah. any criticism. Yes. Super on point. What were you saying, yeah. Sue? Yeah. So somebody who wrote who wrote a book, but they were asking him about why Biden's numbers are so low. And he was more of a conservative person. And he was saying that Biden was elected on um, fixing the pandemic, the economy, uh, racial justice. That was a big one because that turned the you know, he was losing the primary. And the, was it Clyburn who came out and supported yeah, him in Clyburn. South Carolina? Yes. Senator Clyburn. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. racial racial justice, climate change. And, um, you know, on every one of those, you know, the pandemic's a little tough. The economy, we're having some sort of inflation and the gas prices. Uh, racial justice, you know, his his voting rights stuff has gone on the back burner. And uh, climate change, um, I think, Mike, you were saying that COP23 didn't really live up to its its um, its promises. And he's turning around. I'd say and that's fair. Yeah. Let, letting oil out of the strategic oil reserve, which seems like the opposite direction of what we want to do with the climate. So it's kind of like it's um, can you say Jimmy Carter malaise? I mean, yeah. that's the feel that I have yeah. for it as a Republican, which means there's a there's a great opening for my party. I mean, we'd just run right up the middle of this if you let us. So but I, it's sort of like the four the four pillars are in trouble, every one of them. So I don't hear I, any argument. I I'm thinking I was, about. I didn't it. want to interrupt. <laughs> oh, thank you. Sorry. Yeah, the delay is hard. I think the um I think one of the major reasons that his he he's in the 40s right now, like 42, 44, uh, as of right as of what I'm looking up right now, and mm-hmm. and I think part of it is that uh he wanted to like he was like I'm gonna we're going to bring the pandemic down. We're going to make sure that America stays open and uh, we can go back to our lives, you know, and that has not happened. And uh, that was honestly kind of like dumb to try to forward because you don't have any control over this. Uh, We didn't know about the Delta variant being so like virulent um, and contagious. And there was this expectation that when the uh, vaccines started getting approved, then everybody would take them because obviously, but that expectation was dashed. So now we have this whole like people's health is a political football. Now add to that, the Democrats have continually sucked at, at messaging Uh, and this build back better thing this it, i was actually telling someone um about this uh i forget like online or something like that like 20 years ago this bill would have been insane like it would like passing something like like this would have been a defining part of someone's presidency like if it was, it was like 2004 2010 you know it would have been president gore living up to the reputation he had as a as a as a moderate who nevertheless cared about important stuff like the environment and yeah. it would have been a signature accomplishment of his first term back in the early 2000s you know definitely if, if the election hadn't been stolen yeah yeah uh, obviously um but uh the i mean I, the, I think this, my 
party has stolen your message. I think my party has trumped on your, trampled on your messages. Cause Our message yeah, about steal, which messages? <laughs> well, sort of in the Build Back Better, all the stuff that's in there, and it would have been considered visionary. Well, and, I've been... Instead, I- I've been saying this for a while, like the, the Republican Party is incredibly good at messaging, uh, very succinct, very direct. Uh, they know how to communicate with their members and they are in lockstep. Like, And I'm talking about like the party leadership, the elected leaders, like the, especially at the federal level. They are very much all together, no, even if and, – and you can see what happens when someone steps out of the line. Uh, oh, they kill Liz him. Sure. Yep. Yeah, they. She's, Liz Cheney's been thrown out of the Republican Party. Basically, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, and anybody that disabled. voted for, yep, yeah, the twelve, yeah, the nine that did the, yeah. uh, the um, death impeachment. threats. Yeah, like someone yes. got death threats. But the the people thing are showing about, up at their houses. Yeah, but the thing about the Democrats it's, is it's much easier to maintain message discipline when your message is simply no, the other party sucks, give us all the power and we'll do whatever the heck we want with it. I mean, that's that's a much easier message to maintain discipline about. And when you're an authoritarian organization like the Republican Party, again, it's it, the like the the cultural mindset that leads into it is again much more amenable to to message discipline, you know? Cuz it, I, it's a party of followers, a party of uh, a party of well, authoritarians. Hold on, hold look on. At the, hold look on. at the Virginia race. Sorry, John, I interrupted, but like that, I thought just that was a, an important response to the to the point. No, you're I would about disagree the with that. Sucking dis. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, the, it's the the republic. It's it's not that they're that, that the Republican Party is like backwards on how to message things or something like that. It's that Democrats don't have any uh unifying like presence like the the democrats are all all they're all over the place and this is i think it's a good thing the problem is that when you're trying to sell something like the bill back better or, or sell something like the the, uh, the these bills against uh, a party that has been um so good at keeping its members in line for decades you're going to lose because you're you're like this is a the like the democrats are trying to figure figure their mess out in public and that is one of the worst of it because if like i would be incredibly happy with this bill if it was just this bill but i know that there were other things that the president and a lot of the other party of the party wanted to do to do and it was hamstrung by just a few people and so that that coupled with their inability to be able to communicate well with the public that means that the the great stuff that still is in this bill uh is not as effective like the punch isn't there um and the democrats when they're trying to to throw punches, they pull their punches. And that's that's a really big issue. They are running out of a playbook from 30 years ago. And the the Republicans have evolved along with what they're seeing in their party. So if the Democrats want to build up their uh like their standing with people, then they need to be more forceful and strong in 
in the ways that in ways that will communicate the great things that they're trying to do to the American public. And that is a multi-year um, project at this point. But with Biden specifically, it's because the Dem- like the the Congress was a mess trying to pass all this stuff. The pandemic is still raging. The um he you know he's quite old. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's seventy nine. He, I mean, it, he, it, it, it really doesn't. There's nothing that projects strength about him from for me. Um, and there's not much it, he trumpeting stuff as much, and he really needs people hyping him up all the time. But because of all the infighting that's lasted for months, that has sapped all of his political capital he came in with a ton of political capital and he also came in against one of the easiest dudes to to run against in a very long time i mean he like trump had a lot of followers but you could just point at him and say really and a lot of moderates would like we're we're voting against him like it's it's very frustrating clearly uh, you can hear from my it's very very frustrating because i know that there is good stuff that they're doing i know that there's important work that they could be doing if they weren't wasting their time but because of all the stuff with cinnamon and because of all the stuff with like progressives fighting the the conservatives and everything like that yeah uh, just on, on the d side it's just it, it saps any approval like Sue, what do you think? Uh, so I, I, I kind of agree with you guys mostly, and I was going to just point out that you know how we talk about Manchin and Cinema, the yep. two Democrats in the Senate. You know, where's Chuck Schumer? He he doesn't know how to use power. He basically undermined Nancy Pelosi when he didn't share the Manchin. You know, Manchin had written the letter, and Biden and. Um, and uh, Schumer had it. And Nancy Pelosi, when she was negotiating the Build Back Better, she didn't know that he had She didn't know what his number was. And, you know, that's Schumer. Schumer was – so I think Schumer's undermined Biden terrifically. They should have – Biden should have pushed him out, should have gotten somebody else to be, in my opinion, you know, pres- uh, not president, but the majority Senate leader majority in the Senate. Oh, man, can you yeah. imagine? Oh. Yeah, it oh, would have been a whole different – yeah, so I I think I think you the Democrats do do it to themselves, and just another example, genre. You started to say, well, they're kind of, you know, they just don't move. They're kind of, you know, Biden's older, but look at the the Virginia race. We covered that a week or two ago, and um, when um, oh, you mean the governor's race, mm-hmm. the governor's race. Sorry, um, the Democrat. I can't think of his name. McAuliffe? Terry McAuliffe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He mm-hmm. he slipped up and said we're not going to we we don't want parents interfering in their children's education. Instead <sighs> of backtracking and Youngkin grabbed it and ran with it. Mm-hmm. He was really quick on that. And mm-hmm. McAuliffe never never fixed it, never responded. He was still playing from the old playbook like you say. And I think that's that's part of, you know, we're we're more ruthless. 
us Republicans are a lot more ruthless and a lot quicker mm-hmm. on our feet. And, you know, I was talking while we were off the air about Holly and their, um, Biden's got a bunch of nominations now, one for the Postal Department, one for FEMA and one for the Office of Management and Budget. And Holly was interviewing him, and I don't really care for him one bit. I think he's a horrible person, but he sounded really reasonable. And then he pinned the guy that's going to run FEMA so that he he promised that he wouldn't use race as uh, um, indices to uh, hand out aid. And yet we know that FEMA hands out aid unequally and that they need to fix that. They need to, you know. A lot of folks never got any help from all the floods in the Midwest who were, you know, you know, minority folks didn't get the same attention and the same benefits that other people did. And so Holly basically pinned this new guy that's going to be running FEMA to say that he wouldn't he wouldn't use, you know, race as a criteria. It's like, oh, my God, he just trapped him and he didn't even know it. He didn't even know that he'd been, you know sort of trapped in his own stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff in Build Back Better. There's tons of good stuff. And, you know, we'll see where it goes, but people are so afraid of inflation. And my party is um, inflaming that. And the oil companies inflame that. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. the, they, they're running it for office. And it's like, I feel like the Democrats are just sitting there. They don't even realize it's coming. So I, I don't know what to say about that, except for, I wish the country were running better. Yeah. American. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. And I I really do. I really do wish that the razor thin uh, Democratic majorities in Congress were able to, you know, more effectively do things um, uh, in the face of, you know, united and implacable and, you know, unreasoning uh, uh, opposition from the Republicans and their attempts to sort of, you know, stick a spoke in the wheels at every turn. So, yeah, I mean, you know, sure. It it yeah. it it's hard to govern the country when one of the two major political parties is utterly opposed to pretty much anything you wish to do. Um, Look at the McCarthy filibuster, the 8 hours that held up the Build Back Better bill from passing it in the right. house. You know, he just he just he did that. He and just felt like doing it. Yeah. It. Yeah, 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 sure. Because well, in the House, they can. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Democrats for have the ability yeah. to to fix all this. They have the ability to 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 pass almost anything they want, uh, but they're too scared. Like they, well, like, Mansion and Cinema won't 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 let them change the rules in the Senate to actually yeah. make their majority more effective. And I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, they're scared. I, yeah. Well. Or th- or they don't want want the change. I don't know. Whatever, but I don't I know if it's it's fear or or opportunism. Schumer, but regardless, if Schumer knew how to use power, he'd he'd talk to them about that. How how would he do that? What power well, would I'm he not, use? You you've said this is a phrase you use repeatedly over the years, and I'm just like, <laughs> what is the using power thing? Like, unless you're talking about some kind of like supernatural mesmeric influence, where Schumer <laughs> no. would be like. I am the master, and you will obey me. You remove them from committees. You you remove them yeah. from committees. You take away their money. You cut off Virginia, or not Virginia, West Virginia, or Arizona. Manchin and, from and, yeah. and 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 so then Joe Manchin goes. Well, all right, I guess I'll just switch over to the Republicans. Or Kirsten Cinema yep. says the same thing, and all of a sudden it's instead of it fifty fifty with the VP as the tiebreaker, it's fifty one forty nine flat out. See, yep. this is well, the thing. And, 
Yeah. Sorry, Sue, please. So Republicans would do that to each other and they and they know they'd pay in many, many ways. And and, you know, when you when you threaten people, you do it, you leave them someplace to go. And I think Schumer doesn't know how to do any of that. I think well, I think he's basically my, a placeholder. My, my point is, what is the what is the place that, that he would leave them to go? Because if he said Joe Manchin, I'm going to strip you of your committees and there won't be a single dollar going to West Virginia if you don't shut up and, and get on the get get with the program. You know, how do we know Joe Manchin won't say, you know what, I got a lot in common with the Republicans. And, uh, you know, if I def- defect over to them, they're going to be the majority party. And they'll give me whatever I want. So I'm going to do that. Well, you assume that Joe Manchin has all the power that the Democrats have been telling us he has. But if, well, you know, who could fix this? Well, I'm going to hey, say, John. but like like at what point then? Hey, genre. Hmm? What? Like, what genre is the power knows how to use power. Chuck Schumer you don't, has over you don't, you don't corner them so it blows up. You contain them and squeeze them. Do you want to know what it's I do a, or... Yeah, yeah, because I think you'd, I think you'd, I don't know the details of what Manchin needs or wants or what Cinema needs or wants, but a good leader would figure out a way to squeeze them. So I, I think John Rick could, could figure something that's the, out. That's the thing, like to, to, to manipulate someone like that, um, you need to know what their wants are and what their limits are. And I don't know that specifically about Joe Manchin or Kirsten Sima. Like the things that just in general in this situation, you you would threaten to pull um, DNCC uh, funding, not just not funding from the state, funding for campaigns, uh, because that's what the Republicans do. They say if you don't do X, Y, and Z, then we weren't. Then the RNC is not going to help We're you with your campaign. You. If they say okay, well then I'm going to switch over. What you need to do is have someone in this, like from the state assembly or some popular uh, person in in the wings, grooming them to primary them, and or to run to run in their place if they switch over. Uh, You need to, and that is one of the biggest problems with the Democrats. They don't play locally. That's the, well, they certainly aren't able to play locally in West Virginia, which is yeah. a state where Trump won by, I think, 40 points. But and how Kirsten, many state houses are under are Republican control? That's no, and that's, saying, a, like, that, and that's a fair point. And also, I just point out Kirsten Cinema like actively doesn't seem to care about, you know, getting real. She's re-elected. more of a wild card. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because of the way she carries on, like, like we've seen how pissed off her her constituents are and how flagrantly she blows them off. So I'm it's not sure what easy way to primary. Like, there, that, that's the thing. Do, like, the Democrats you know? don't want to wield the ban hammer. They're trying, like, yeah. a lot of them. Like, anytime I'm hearing anything from the Democrats publicly, it's they're trying to run together and they're trying to to play together and they're trying to figure out a way to bring everybody in and it's like at some point you cannot tolerate an intolerable you say look if you don't play with us if you don't help us out here and support this because ostensibly you want this stuff then you have to give more and you can't be throwing your weight around in public like this because it's screwing us. So what you're going to do is you're going to do X, Y, and Z, or else we're going to do A, B, and C. And if they say, no, I don't want to do that, then you say, cool. 
And then you have to have a line. You have to have a line. But the other thing is you need to have a three backup plans to that can that can trigger when if they if the situation doesn't go your way. So you have someone on they you can pull their committees. Okay, but then that screws over the the people of West Virginia. You don't want to do that. So what you do is you groom someone to come up and say, okay. If if you don't run, if you switch over, then Paul over here is going to primary you, and he's pretty popular locally. So why don't? So what? What are you gonna do? And yep. you need like the you're there's not a and it might be happening in the background. The manipulation might be happening in the background. They might have been like, wanting to cut that down to like one trillion instead of one seven five, but they are playing all of this out in the public sphere, and that is hurting the democratic brand and that's why you see all of the infighting if there's infighting in the republican party it's the party against a couple people yep and they overwhelm them and that's that's the thing like the democrats don't want to act like that and understandably because that's a jerk way to act however you do need to keep your people in line if you're going to run a party if you're going yes, to you're run a win. Democratic Party, then you need to keep everybody in your party in line and have all of this junk that's happening happen off screen. So when well, they when they come back, or you can yeah you can you can say like oh I'm gonna we're gonna fight a little bit in public, but when it comes down to it, you, then you're going to lose everybody, just like we're you happening. But 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 again, it's like okay, so it's the difference. Of the, the the Democrats are still behaving like a like an old fashioned American political party where you have broad, disparate interests coming together and they haggle over exactly how to do things. And the Republican Party has become a single cause authoritarian movement. Uh, uh you know, f- uh, following the lead of a dear leader. Yeah. So yeah, it's no wonder they're able to like uh, wield a more rhetorically consistent argument in public because they've spent the past 25, 30 years stripping out different voices, stripping out the people who might say, well, you know, what I really care about is X, Y, or Z, you know? Yeah. But they've been doing that for be- before the like, dear leader like I said, thing. 25 or the, 30 years since yeah. Newt Gingrich. They can, exactly. 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 You get it. So like the. Um, I'm saying the Democrats need to find a middle ground. They need to evolve to meet the politics of today because the politics of today requires different a different skill set, a different way of communication, and a different way of of holding uh, votes than it did even ten years ago. And they are not doing that. And the the other thing is they've elected someone that is made of that. Biden is of that era. Like, why, why, why are you doing this? We need a new kind of politics coming from the the left, and that's why there are all these people, um, like on the far far left, saying, "Screw all this, I don't care," because they like the the Democrats in power. They don't listen. They're not yeah. listening to what needs to happen to meet the day. Because when it comes down to it. There are authoritarian, fascist, wild people on the right, and there are people and 
and you need to get them out of the way so you can save the planet. So what are you going to do? You're going to try to play Kumbaya or are you going to try to crack some heads? You're going to have to do something. Yeah. You know, who's a good communicator? You guys, I think will agree with me. me? Have you listened to the, um, yes, you do. Well, and you, Don't you answered this. my question, you know, the ability to act like a Python and, you know, sort of squeeze them in the same direction here or do something. But Jen Saki, have you listened to some of her, um, Oh, the press secretary. Yeah. She does a really good job. They should put her in charge of something. So the, the press, but yeah, well, she's a great communicator. <laughs> yeah, they should put her in well, and she, the the press office. I don't know. Well, I meant more of an agency. I think she could oh. handle it. She's she's because she she gives a message. She she carries anyway. It's just it's it's very frustrating to watch because I want our country to do well, and we're not do doing too. well right now. Yeah. I think we all do. Yep. Well, and on that note. We all want uh, the United States to, to prosper and flourish and hopefully spread peace and prosperity across the planet for all humans. Uh, I'd Ugh. certainly give thanks for that. <laughs> Me too. Not for that. I don't like that. No. <laughs> anyway, I'm afraid we're going to have to wrap it up there. Uh, thanks for listening to Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Coming up next is Subculture, followed by Table of Contents at 10 and OK Asia at midnight. Uh, we'll have a broadcast of the show go out about 1 a.m. on Monday morning, and we do a repeat broadcast over the airwaves on uh, Mondays at 4 p.m. So if you aren't listening to us all over then, all over again at that time, you should, and you totally can do so, and in which case, hi. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for now. Uh, happy victory at Gettysburg, everyone. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.